You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. It's with that, ironically enough, I've been working on a message actually for a couple of weeks. And I want to be real careful. I don't, I don't normally hit a lot of, of hot buttons from the stage because I don't think that's the purpose of the stage. I think the purpose of this pulpit is to speak God's Word. Uh, it, but I've really been burdened through some different things and, and even some things that have been in my head and waking up in the middle of the night and having dreams about stuff, but just, just everything that's going on. And I was just in a kind of influence even with the Freedom Celebration and Serve Day. And I just want to share with you guys what, what God's kind of been speaking to me, and hopefully you'll take some notes. And I'm going to try to be real diligent to stay on task because uh, I just want to speak God's Word but I want to talk about this concept of freedom and independence. Uh, we just came off of that celebration. And, and what does that mean? Like, is, is there a responsibility? Like, why did we cancel the freedom celebration? Or not cancel, but postpone it. Why are we postponing the serve day? Because we have the ability and the right that if we wanted to, we could do it. So why not just do it? Well, I, I think sometimes there's a responsibility that we have. And, and I want to kind of talk about that. Uh, and use God's Word to kind of explain that a little bit, uh, just so when all of us moving forward, we'll all be on the same page. And it actually was a message I had planned prior to my trip back uh, when we started finding out everything that was going on, and we made those decisions. So it's not governed by that, but it's amazing how God works. So if you have your Bible, if you're on an app or whatever you're doing, if you're at home, make sure you join us. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Then we're going to jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, looking at one particular verse where Paul is talking about this sort of a concept. But before I do, I want to give you a little bit of a background before we dive into God's Word. I want to give you a little bit of a background of this whole aspect of independence. Uh, yesterday, we celebrated 4th of July. And it seems like right now in our country, we are losing a little bit of our heritage and what was really taking place. And I just want to take a second and kind of refocus and, and, and step out of a pastor mode for a minute and step into a little bit of a historian for just just a few minutes and kind of give you a backdrop so that you'll know how we were stuff up last night, all right, and what we were celebrating. But literally in 1776, there was a group of men that wrote the Declaration of Independence, and without any argument, these men uh, wrote this, and it basically, some people say it has five parts, but most people would say it's easily to break down into three simple parts. You have the preamble, which is the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, and then you have this, these grievances, 27 grievances to King George III that they wrote that they were having struggles with. They said, this is the reason why we're doing it. And then the third part was when they, they had their resolution that as of for this day forward, we are going to be independent. It was the concept of, of not freedom like, woohoo, we can do whatever we want to. It was a breaking away from a tyrant that was overseeing them, who was King George, who was putting things on them that they did not feel like was fair. And in that preamble, most of us going in high school or in middle school, you have to memorize it. You say, Pastor, do you have it memorized? I have not been in high school and middle school for many years now. And so, no, I do not have it memorized. But I have something better. I have a pen and a piece of paper. Can I read for you the preamble? Very simple. We hold, these are these men talking. July the 4th, 1776, here's what they penned. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Just want to pause there for a minute. 
the founding fathers penned that they hold these truths. And one of those truths was that all men are created equal. And they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I want to just pause for a minute to let you understand that when we talk about independence, and this is all going to make sense. You've got to hang with me for about 20 minutes. But in the beginning, the concept of the United States of America and what it was founded on was pulling out. There was these Puritans that wanted to have religious freedom. They did not want to be under the king's religion and all the things that are going on. So they set out for this new country trying to seek this religious freedom. And in that process, they end up breaking away with a declaration saying, you know what, we think that all men are created equal and have the right to three things. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And honestly, right now, I feel like sometimes I have to turn the channel because some people, I'm not talking about any one person, some people are taking their freedom, taking their independence, that's been fought for by somebody else, lives have been given up other than their own, and they are using that freedom, they're using that independence only for their own life, only for their own liberty, and only for their own pursuit of happiness, and they're not worried about some other people around them. But one of the things that we understand, and, and I want to look at that word liberty for a minute, because a lot of times we say the word liberty and we don't really know what that means. People use this word of, of liberating and they, they use this and they'll almost take these words. It, it's amazing how words change through time. What started out to mean one thing over time starts to take on its whole new meaning. But here's the way Webster's Dictionary defines liberty. Liberty, the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. The second way it defines it is the power or scope to act as one pleases. I think the second is what most people think of right now when they think of liberty, but I think the first is what it was founded on. See, I don't believe liberty is the concept that you can just do whatever you please. I don't believe that's what liberty meant. I believe the liberty that it meant is when there has been oppression that you can be liberated from that oppression and you can go pursue major things. Well, they signed this declaration. There was this one guy, only one guy from Massachusetts signed it. If you were to go and look at all the different states and all the different signatures, all of them have two or three, and it, these colonies, these 13 colonies. But man, in Massachusetts, there was only one dude. But he's the dude you're going to remember the most. His name? John Hancock. And he signed it big and bold. Large letters. I've had the privilege to be at the, the, see the Declaration of Independence and go through the archives and look in the rotunda and, and look at this document. And it was one of those moments that I couldn't wait for. And I walked up to there and you know what I realized? You can't see nothing. And I was like, is that it? Like, wow, 
I had something so much bigger in my head, you know. But to look at it and to watch, it just, it was a statement. But that really wasn't the biggest part. The biggest part happened actually a few days later. On July the 8th, in Philadelphia at their state house, next to the, the state house was a huge bell tower that's a part of that state house. They publicly read out the Declaration of Independence for the very first time. And when they read that declaration out, when they finished, they rang this 2,000-pound tin and copper bell, declaring that from that point forward, as the United States of America, they would be an independent area, country. That bell obviously went from being just the cool bell at a state house to what we now know as the Liberty Bell. And that state house went from being just the state house of Philadelphia to now a public archive place that you know as Independence Hall. See, that's, that's the story. That's, that's where things started. And it started based on this one concept that everybody has three inalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And today, I want to just ask three simple questions. I actually wrote it down. I, I wrote down like four pages of notes. And you're going, oh, dear Jesus, are we going to eat lunch today? I wrote everything down to make sure that I stayed on task. I'm going to do my best to not have any rabbits run across the stage today and to stay on task because I don't want you to hear anything about my opinion. I just want to speak straight out of God's Word and to address the situation so we can all leave here understanding what God's Word says. But here's the three questions that I wrote down. Does independence mean I can do whatever I want? Does freedom mean I have no authority in my life or accountability for my actions? And then lastly, am I free to do whatever I want? And we're going to answer those questions. Ironically enough, this isn't independence. Freedom is not an American concept. If you were to go to the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and he put Adam and Eve in the garden, he gave us the ability to choose. See, from the very beginning, independence and freedom was a concept that God gave to man from the very beginning. But there was one thing that was always understood even from the beginning of time. You say, Mickey, what is that one thing? I'm going to tell you at the end. But I think it's the key. But Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians twice, two different times, he starts with this statement. And I just want to dive into God's Word for a minute. And if, you're, if you have paper and pen or if you have a phone, take some notes because this is going to be something that you're going to be able to use. Are you ready? Here's really the question, isn't it? Verse 12. You'll see the Scripture on the screen. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Now, some translations will say, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. In other words, it's this concept that sometimes it's not about right or wrong. Sometimes when we talk about our life, when we talk about freedom, when we talk about independence, when we talk about what God has for us, it's not a right or wrong answer. It's really about is it helpful, is it profitable? And then listen to what he says. He said, all things are lawful for me, 
And then here's the first caveat. But I will not be dominated by anything. Now, some of your translations will say, I will not be mastered by anything. See, there's a concept that's here that sometimes in your life, you're going to have to ask yourself a question because the reality is, is you have the right to do some of the things that you want to do. Like, if you wanted to, you could do it. But you better check yourself. Because you may be opening up a door, opening up a gate that's going to lead to, to being dominated or being mastered by something. You say, Mickey, can you give me an example of that? Well, sure, I will. I'll give you a simple example. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But alcohol. When you're 21 years old, you have the right. But you better be careful. Because depending on how you use that right, you could find yourself in an addiction. And you could be dominated or you could be mastered by it. In fact, that same sort of a concept, to understand what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians, he's talking to the church at Corinth. And in Corinth, they had one major issue, sexual sin. Sexual sin was a major, major issue in Corinth. And that's the reason why if you look through 1 Corinthians, that's the reason why in chapter 13 there's the love chapter. And he talks about what love is. That's the reason why in chapter 12 he talks about the body being made up of many members, but it's one body. I'm just trying to give you an understanding of what was going on in this time period. And so he's telling them, hey, listen, you better be careful. And then look at the next verse. This is a really, really cool verse. It says, verse 13, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. Now, I want you to look at your Bible if you have a paper copy. And I, I'm going to give you a little translation test. If your Bible has that in quotation marks, that's a good translation. If not, come see me and let's talk a little bit. You say, why? Because that phrase is not something that Paul was talking about, like this is God-inspired. This is a phrase that would have been used on a regular basis in that day. It was almost like a, a Corinth proverb. And it was their way of trying to explain why they were doing what they were doing. And basically the way it would have been approached is like this. Well, you know... The reason why I eat the things I eat is because, you know, I mean, my stomach was built for food, and you know what, and food's for the stomach. Well, you know, the reason why I do those things you do is because, you know, I, I was born as a man, and, you know, I've got desires, and I have to handle those desires. It's the way God created me. See, it was their excuse. It was their excuse to say, you know what, because I have a stomach that needs food, Therefore, I can go eat whatever I want to eat and just satisfy my own desires. That's really what's going on. Is just because you have the ability or have the desire doesn't mean you always cave into that and use it just for self-gratification. That is what he was talking about. If you finish that verse, this part may not be on the screen, but I just want to read it. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immortality and he keeps going. But what he's talking about is the fact that he's letting you understand that, you know, you can use that excuse as you want to, but when it's all said and done, there is a greater authority, and he was the creator of everything. Yes, God created you to be able to sustain yourself through eating and food, but you better be careful what you do. I mean, look at me. I, I'm kind of a prime example of this. You say, what are you talking about? I mean, obviously, I, I'm a foodie. I like to eat. I mean, if you can't look at me and tell that I like food, then you need to check your eyesight. All right? Or, I mean, it, it, it's obvious. 
But that doesn't mean that I have the right to just go do whatever I want to do. I mean, it's called glutton. It, it, it's, it's called just coming over the top. Like, like there's a, listen to this. There's a concept of what you need, and then there's this battle of what you want. And the thing that we struggle with, let me not say we, I'll say me. The thing that I struggle with is I kind of have that connotation that if a little bit's good, then a lot's got to be great. Yeah, if a, if a little bit of hot fudge makes it taste good, then a lot of hot fudge must make it wonderful. If a little bit of, and then you fill in the blank, then a lot must be amazing. I look in our society, and I think people think that if, if, if a little bit of freedom and independence is good, then total, like no authority, like nothing running in our lives, no authority, law, if none of that's in our life, then that must be great. If you do a little bit of history lesson, there's a reason why the original West was called the Wild West. And there's a reason why people have become legacies because they were first sheriffs in small towns. Like, every time we've had the ability with a little to open up the can that leads to a lot, it's always led to entrapment and danger. So make, give me a biblical concept, okay? How about life is perfect, you got two rules, you have your own choice, be fruitful, multiply, and don't eat of this tree. Like that's it. But you have the ability to choose. And sin entered the world. See, we as a human beings have always, if we're not careful, leveraged our independence and our freedom always to self-gratification, and it led to entrapment and death. And so what he's saying is, you know what, you better be careful. You better be careful. Because yes, it may be lawful, but you better make sure you're checking yourself at the door that what you're doing is not going to lead you to being dominated or entrapped by something. But that's not the only time he brings it up. There's also 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Same exact start. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. We just read that. He said, all things are lawful for me, but then listen to what he says on this one. But not all things build up. See, there are two concepts that he's talking about. When it's not about right or wrong, then he says, you know what, you need to check. It's not about right or wrong. It's about what's going to be beneficial and not entrap you. And then what's going to be helpful to build up. You say, oh, the worst would be being tore down. No, tear down is not a bad thing. Most people that get tore down understand what happened, and they start the process of building up. The worst thing, that, what, what to me is more negative than being built up, is becoming stagnant. Where you just, you're used to this. Like, I'm just here. But then the next verse, I think, is key. Listen to what it says. Let no one seek his own good. This is verse 24. 
but the good of his neighbor. I believe that this scripture is what the founding fathers were talking about when they said that everybody has three inalienable rights. They have the right to have a life. They have a right to liberty. And they have a right to pursuit of happiness. And at no point should you, in the process of attempting to live out those three rights, should they ever infringe on somebody else's ability to have those same three rights. So I can't turn around in my life and say, hey, man, my life, my liberty, my happiness, man, this is awesome. Sorry it stinks for you. No, what this scripture is talking about is, you know what? In what you're choosing, is it building things up? And also, is it seeking your own interest? Or as scripture says, the good of your neighbor. Here's the way I wrote it down in my notes. These two verses help us to understand that God's freedom for us and our country's freedom has always been with an understanding that we, and here's two things, we would not abuse it, we would not abuse it, and we would never use it only for ourselves. I believe one of the issues and the reason why America's in this wake-up call moment, and you say, Mickey, what do you think about all this stuff? Or, I mean, is this like the end times? Is this... Listen to me. Guys, I, you've heard me say this from the stage before. Every day we wake up, we're closer to the end. And yes, you can see a lot of different birth pains. And yes, I could get up here and do a study out of Revelations and talk about prophecy and talk about all those things. And at the end of it, you would have so much knowledge. But the thing you still wouldn't have is you still wouldn't know when. So rather than worrying about when, how about we worry about being ready for when? And rather than being consumed with getting myself in order, how about we worry about getting other people and loving them well so that they'll be ready? And I think this is part of the concept that we're talking about here. Like, there was an understanding, not only when God created Eve, that there was this understanding that, that we're not going to abuse it, we're not going to take this free will that we have and abuse it, and we're also not going to be so self-consumed that we use it only for ourselves... But even in our country, there's a concept with this freedom and independence that when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, it was under the understanding that all men were created equal and were endowed by their Creator with three rights. And it was understood that we would not ever abuse those rights for our own personal gain and that we'd never be so self-consumed that we would leverage our American dream at the spite of somebody else's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. There's two other things that I wrote down. I've just said it, but I want to read it just to make sure. It was understood that we could be dependable. It was understood when they wrote this Declaration of Independence. It was understood when God created these things. There was one concept that you were created to be. It was understood that we could be dependable on how we would use our freedom and independence. And independence does not release us from being dependable under the ideal of I'm free. 
Guys, listen to me. Today is a short message. It's a simple message. Because I want you guys to understand one simple concept. Christ did not save you just because he's like, hey, I want to save them so they, you know, they don't have to go to hell. Christ didn't come do all the things that he could do so that you could have freedom just so you'd be like, yeah, I got freedom, it's mine, I do whatever I want to with it. Like some of the concepts, you know, when you look at the bottom of these banners, we talk about know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. The aspect of finding freedom is not just this concept of like, woohoo, I've got freedom now, so now I can go tell everybody else how they need to do their life so that they'll be free. I mean, okay, I'm going to chase a rabbit today. One rabbit. Most churches are so caught up in trying to tell everybody what it means to live a life that's free that they're entrapping everybody where they can't be free. I'll talk about COVID one more time. Here's, here's the concept of COVID. Say, Mickey, what are we going to do? We're going to shut down. We're going to stay open. We, here's what we're going to do. At any point that we can't show up here and the number one focus be on Jesus Christ, then we're not going to show up. But as long as we can show up and the total focus be on Jesus Christ, then we're going to show up and worship him in spirit and in truth. And if somebody doesn't feel comfortable with that, then we have online. And we are privileged and honored to have people join us online. And we don't look at anybody and the choice they make as being right or wrong. Well, if you show up, then that means you're brave. No. It just meant that you felt like coming. And if you stayed home, you know what that meant? Hey, that's kudos, man. You took time. You made an effort to stop what you were doing in your crazy Sundays and make it a priority to join and watch and participate online. Because church is what? It's not somewhere you go. It's something you are. But the way that we use this freedom, the way that we use this independence should never be based out of our own selfish agendas. When I've watched the news... For the last months, all I've seen is selfish agendas. And I want you to wake up and put on God's goggles. And I want you to look at everything that's going on. And I don't want you to be real quick to, to read every conspiracy theory and buy into it and start posting and saying, yeah, this is... I, I want you just to look and ask yourself one question. Am I dependable? Like if people use their freedom and independence the way you use your freedom and independence, can they count on you? Are you dependable? Or are you leveraging it? Whenever we've leveraged our freedom and independence, We've ended up entrapped in this thing called sin. And it's because of our leveraging that God himself took the form of a baby, his son Jesus Christ, and he died on a cross so that we could then gain freedom again. But I'm shocked. I'm shocked at the things that have transpired in the last few months. You, know, you say, oh, Mickey, it's kind of like the perfect storm. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how quick we don't think through stuff, though God made us intelligent people. I'm shocked at how quick 
we will show that we will turn away from an authority and try to do things on our own and say that nobody's going to tell me what to do. But I'm more shocked at how one of the greatest things that we have are freedom. The most precious gift that we will leverage that to enslave other people. I'm not talking about America anymore. I am enthralled at how the American church uses the salvation and freedom of its Savior to enslave people with rules and regulations and hypocrisy. It's time to wake up. And to say, it ain't got to be like this. I can love God and I can love you. And even though we may not be on the same place in this journey, it's okay. And in the process of being gracious, and in the process of being kind, I still got to be truthful. And let you know there is a hell. And there is a consequence for your sin. And that's not me being a bigot. That's not me coming over the top. That's not me being loving. That's not me being caring. That's me being truthful because that's what God's Word says. And yeah, when it comes to, to sexual sin, the Scripture's very clear that there are sexual sins in our world. And we need to refrain from those things. And no, God does not ordain that. No matter what type of sexual whether it's heterosexual or homosexual sin, God says, avoid it. Refrain from it. Stay away from it. It's entrapping. Oh, but I got my needs, man. I mean, look at the way I'm built. I mean, it's obvious I was built for this. Yeah, and the stomach was built for food and food for the stomach. But is it profitable? Is it enslaving you? Is it building you up? Is it got your other neighbors loving them well and building them up? Or are you just self-gratifying your own self? See, to me, that's what it's about. I'm trying to be as careful as I can. I got so much stuff in my head. I'm the, I'm the picture of maturity right now because I'm not saying a lot of stuff that's in my head. But I think you're hearing me loud and clear. And I want you to be louder. Don't just sit back and let ignorance reign in our communities. Speak loud with the way that you, you speak, the way that you act, and the way that you love. See, that's the reason why we did what we did with our freedom celebration. How in the world are we going to throw a ginormous, biggest summer party of our church, shoot off fireworks, blow up social media, woohoo, look at us, we're having a ball. And meanwhile, people are going, what? Seriously? Have you not known what's been going on? See, it's not about right or wrong, it's what's profitable. And I'm like, you know what? So we wait two months. What does that mean? It means Miss Cherie has more time with her events team. It's going to be bodacious with burgers and hot dogs. It means we can make sure the fireworks shoot up and not out. 
It means that you have more time to invite your friends and don't have to worry about them going, oh, I don't know about this. You better, let's go, baby. And they're like, yeah, let's go. School's back in. Football's getting ready to start back up. Dear Lord, please let football start back up. I mean, all this stuff is going to be going on, and we're going to be into summer bash. We may call it, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be awesome. And we're still going to work out a time where we can say, listen, community, we love you. What's ours is yours. Come get it. But we're going to do it in a way where we don't enslave ourselves to anybody. We don't get dominated by anybody. And we're building people up. See, I, I believe the next day was probably the most telling sign on this Independence Week. Because see, on the 8th, they rang a bell. On the 9th, in Bowling Green, New York, they also did the Declaration of Independence and read it publicly. But you know what those people did? They took King George's statue and they tore it down as a symbol of liberation. See, the tearing down of monuments has always been a symbol of rejection of that truth or liberation from that person. And I think it's time for us to rebuild God's greatest monument. The thing that has stood a test of time, that represents everything that God is, but it's a living monument called His church. And guess what? They won't be able to tear this one down. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.